Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, as we gather here this morning, we're going to wrap up our series called I Believe. As we do that, I've got a question for you here, and that is to name one of your favorite fall activities or traditions. So one of your favorite fall activities or traditions is finally cooling off. You know, so maybe, you know, one of your favorite fall activities or traditions is that hot cup of cocoa, you know, a little bit of whipped cream there that you sip that, get a little bit of whipped cream on your nose. You know, or maybe, maybe it's raking up the leaves and then, then jumping in a pile of leaves so they go everywhere. That's always a lot of fun. Or maybe, you know, one of my favorite traditions is a bonfire. I love to get, like, you know, the fire pit going and big old fire roasting there and gather around with some family or friends and kind of sit close. Maybe I like that because growing up in Phoenix, you know, bonfires, you know, it still could be 90 degrees in October, November. So here, you know, it cools off and you can gather around a fire. It's really cool. You got the wood going. It smells great. And you're there with some people. You got that hot cup of cocoa, a little bit of cream on your nose, shivering but yet hot at the same time. Well, as we continue here in our series, we wrap this up today, we're going to focus in again on the third article of the Apostles' Creed as we talk about what it means to say, I believe. And again, you know, this is something we do, many of us as a tradition, week after week, you know, I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. Now, that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to focus on the words forgiveness of sins. Again, as we said, you know, so often we do the creed. It's kind of like sitting on an inner tube, floating down the river. You know, we don't think much about it. It's not a very deep thought. Now, we're not doing any kind of like scuba diving, or we'd be here for weeks and weeks, you know, going through this. We're doing kind of that snorkeling. We're going to wrap that up today, talking about the forgiveness of sins. So hold on. I encourage you, you know, maybe grab some notes because we're going to run through a number of Bible verses really fast here just to give you an idea of what it means when we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Because that is a powerful thing for our lives. It changes our lives, not only today and tomorrow, but forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you for the great gift of your love. We thank and praise you for the forgiveness that we have in your son, Jesus. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, I told you, you got to hold on. So let's talk about what it means that we are forgiven. And this is the first important thing. When we confess those words, I am forgiven, we're going to take a look here at our theme verse that Chuck read for us, John 3, 16. And these words, let's read these words together. God loved the world this way. He gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. I know some of you don't know that translation as well. But, you know, we believe in God's Son. What does it mean to believe, to confess in Him? It means to believe and confess in what He's done for us on the cross. It means to believe and confess that what He did on the cross gives us life and offers us in that life the forgiveness of all sins. That's the important truth here. When we confess that we believe in the forgiveness of sins, that means you believe, that I believe, that we believe that you are what? Forgiven. You are forgiven. Hold on here. Let's keep rolling through these passages. So what does that mean? Let's take a look. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12. Let's read these words together. He has not treated us as we deserve for our sins or paid us back for our wrongdoings. As high as the heavens are above the earth, that is how vast his mercy is towards those who fear him. 
as far as the east is from the west, that is how far he has removed our rebellious acts from himself. God forgives our sins. God removes our sins from us. He does not hold those sins against us. So as we talk about this God that loved the world, this God that loves you, as we confess in the creed, I am forgiven... We are forgiven that we live in this forgiveness, that this is a God, the creator of the universe, that forgives our sins. The God who, before time began, knew already that humanity would disobey him and already determined that he was going to send his son as a sacrifice for our sins. That's God's love. And this is the forgiveness that we live in, that God does not hold our rebellious acts, our sins against us, but against his son, Jesus Christ. All right, next verse, or Psalm, sorry, Jeremiah 31, 34. Let's read this together. God says, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. That God, again, forgives our wickedness. He forgives our sins, our iniquities, depending on the translation maybe you're used to, and remembers, not that he forgets. You know, like, you know, I maybe forgot where I placed a tool while I was doing some stuff with my son yesterday. We're in the busy of painting his room and pitting up new blank or blankets curtains and shades and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, where's the tool at? He's like, I don't know, Dad. You had it last. I forgot. But God chooses not to remember. He's able to do that. He chooses not to remember, not to say, you know, I remember when. You ever do that to someone? You know, I remember when you, you know, I remember the last time you did this, this is the way you did it. God doesn't do that to us. God forgives it. When we say, God, I'm sorry, I confess those sins, they are forgiven. And he remembers them no more. Now that leads us to our next Bible verse. 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. Let's read together. God is faithful and reliable. If we confess our sins, he forgives them and cleanses us from everything we've done wrong. God is faithful and reliable. God is faithful to his promise in Jesus to forgive our sins. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not always faithful in my promises. There are times I fail to follow through. God always follows through. God always keeps his promise in Jesus to forgive our sins. And what we're saying here then, too, is that as John talks about, as we acknowledge our sins, as we confess our sins, what we are doing here is we're choosing to agree with God. I mean, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, when we sin... We sin. But in confessing our sins, we are saying, God, uh, you know, as much as I maybe don't want to admit it, what I did, what I said, what I didn't do, that was a sin. I rebelled against you. I chose to do things my own way. And so in confessing those sins, we are choosing to agree with God on his judgment of what's right and wrong. All right, I told you we're going to keep rolling through things here. James 5, 16. James 5, 16, let's read this together. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So what James is encouraging us to do here is to confess our sins to one another. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily you go up to a complete stranger and just tell them, hey, here's everything I did in my life. Here's all my deep, dark secrets. But more the idea what you might call a father confessor. That you have someone that you maybe are comfortable with, you know, being able to confess what you're struggling with. That I, especially if it's a sin you're struggling to overcome or one that maybe weighs down on you. And there are times I have folks that come into my office and they, they're really struggling with a sin. And so when they're struggling with that sin, they, they, they come in and they, they want to be able to confess that sin. And they know that that's confidential between them and God and, and me. 
but then also to hear those words, you are forgiven. You know how powerful it is? That's why part of our tradition of doing that in worship is to have a corporate confession of our sins. We confess together. Maybe not all the deep, dark secrets, but we confess, hey, I've forgiven, you have forgiven, we have all our sin. And then we hear those words, you are forgiven. And you can share that with somebody else. You don't have to be the pastor to share those words. If somebody confesses their sins to you, you can say that. It's just great words. In Jesus, you are forgiven. It gives us that encouragement and that accountability to make changes in our life and to live in God's forgiveness. All right, next passage, 1 John 2, 1 through 2. Now, and just so you know, this is kind of a core legal term here that John is writing. Let's read together. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Yet if anyone does sin, we have Jesus Christ who has God's full approval. He speaks on our behalf when he came in the, to the presence of the Father. He is the payment for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So this legal term here, Jesus is really our defender. He is our advocate. He is our righteous advocate. So standing before the God of the universe, the judge of the world, who judges all of us for our sins, Jesus stands in our behalf and says, you know what? His sins, his debt has been paid. I paid that debt by my death on the cross, by the blood that I shed for us. So as we talk about the forgiveness of sins, as we confess that, we confess that Jesus is our defender. He is our advocate. He is also the one that has taken the penalty of our sins upon himself. So as we confess in this creed that we believe in the forgiveness of sins, we believe what? We believe that we are truly forgiven. So we receive God's forgiveness. Now as we receive that forgiveness, the thing about God's forgiveness and, and what God calls us to is not merely to receive that forgiveness, but to live in that forgiveness. And living in that forgiveness, and this is where it gets even more challenging, because sometimes it's hard for us to kind of think that God really can forgive me. God has forgiven me all my sins. I don't have to work hard to get that forgiveness. Jesus has done it all. Is to share that forgiveness with somebody else. I don't know about you, has anybody ever wronged you, sinned against you, done something that hurt you, broken your trust, said something, did something, didn't do something? We've all experienced that. We've all done that to someone else. Yet we are called to forgive. And part of that forgiveness is, is training to forgive. Let's take a look here. I told you we're going to run through a lot of passages here. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22. Let's read together. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how often do I have to forgive a believer who wrongs me? Seven times? And Jesus answered him, I tell you, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, Jesus is not being mathematical. If you do the math and say, okay, I've forgiven you this many times, it is what's called a hyperbole. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're going to forgive so many times that you've kind of forgotten that you have forgiven how many times you've forgiven. Boy, that was like a tongue twister. That we forgive, because how many times has God forgiven you? Yeah, some of you, are, at least are here, you're, you're kind of chuckling. I have no idea how many times God has forgiven me because he's forgiven me again and again and again and day after day after day. And sometimes hour after hour and minute after minute, he has forgiven us our sins. And he calls us then to forgive others as we have been forgiven. Now, I say it's kind of like training. Well, it's kind of like a sports team. I mean, a lot of us, you know, love sports, whether you like playing the sports or like watching the sports, you know, we, we, in sports and as an athlete, you train so that you get better. 
So part of that is, is saying that, you know, part of who I'm going to be as a follower of Jesus is one who forgives because I have been forgiven. Now, are we always perfect in our forgiveness? No. Just like some sports teams are, are not always perfect in the game they had yesterday afternoon. Good morning. Oh, it's not the best game ever. But, you know, they, but what do they do? You know, the Huskers, they don't go home and say, I guess we're going to give up. We'll, we'll never play again. No, they go back and say, all right, where did we go wrong? At? And how can we train to do better the next time, you know, we engage in a game? And the same thing goes for us. We're not always going to be the best at forgiveness. But that doesn't mean we give up. Because God doesn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on you. Forgiveness also means letting go, just as God lets go of our sins. Let's take a look here at Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And so what God is saying here, look, you know, I'm the one that is the judge, not you. I'm the one that makes final judgment on all people, not you. And God's judgment is to send his son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our sins, that we can live in his forgiveness. And so, you know, we are called to just as God lets go of our sins and removes our sins from our relationship with him, so we are to remove our sins from our relationship with with others. God calls us to forgive. Let's take a look here, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 13. Paul writes these words. As holy people whom God has chosen and loved, be sympathetic, kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Put up with each other and forgive each other. If anyone has a complaint, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Because forgiveness starts where? Forgiveness starts with God. Now, I look at this passage and I think, whoa, in the midst of COVID, when a lot of us have been cooped up inside our homes, spending a lot more time with each other, when there are political hot buttons that we might all have, you know, on social media, and we don't always agree with each other, when there's stress in our homes and our communities, and you think, what? I want to forgive the people that I love the most who I spend the most time with. And yet God calls us to forgive. And that's part of living out that forgiveness. When we confess that we believe in the forgiveness of sins, it's not only that we are forgiven, but that God has given us the power of His Spirit in His grace, His love, and His mercy to forgive as He has forgiven us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, I told you that my, my favorite, one of my favorite fall activities is a bonfire. I love to get that fire pit going. And, you know, we did that. We met some of our new neighbors a few weeks ago, and we had them over. We did the whole social distancing kind of thing. And, and got a fire going and sat a little farther away from the fire. But we gathered around that way. And, you know, one of the great things you can do is you, with a fire is you can burn things. That sounds kind of like dangerous, doesn't it? I'm a guy. Burn things. I um, mean, you burn the wood. But, you know, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you have a fire pit, you know, and you can do this on one of these cold days, you can do one of two ways, maybe both ways here, is get a scrap of paper and, and write down or make a mark for a sin maybe that you have been troubled with, something you have done, some words you've spoken, some action, some sin maybe you're stuck in, and write that down and say, you know, God has forgiven me. Maybe read some of those Bible passages about God's forgiveness and just throw it in the fire, and as it burns up, just remember that your sins have been forgiven. They are no more. You can also do the same thing if there's a sin someone has committed against you, and again, Forgiving others is not always easy. And forgiving someone doesn't mean necessarily that you trust them if they've broken your trust. It just means you're not holding that sin against them anymore. And to write that down and say, God, did you forgiven me? Help me to forgive them. 
so that we live in God's forgiveness, so that what we confess is not just mere words, but it's something a part of who we are as followers of Jesus, how we live in relationship to our God, and how we live in relationship to one another. So a challenge for us this week, and, and really every week, every day, every moment of our lives is this. How will you live in God's forgiveness this week? How will you live in his forgiveness for you and live out that forgiveness with others? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of forgiveness that we have in you. We pray, Lord, that we will live out this forgiveness in our relationship with you, confident that we are truly forgiven, confident that we can confess every sin to you and be forgiven, but also, Lord, to forgive others as we have been forgiven. Lord, that's not easy. So it takes your spirit, it takes your grace and your mercy to help us get there. But Lord, help us continue being a people that are forgiven and forgiving. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.